0: Hello and welcome to media MD, your fortnightly dose of media that you have somehow missed. I am Ruben Morehouse. And I'm Elliot Diebold. And we are back. Ah, it's Christmas. Uh, yeah. This episode is coming out on Christmas, isn't it?
1: Uh yes. Yes, it is. I mean, uh, sorry,
0: today's Christmas. So, <laughs> hello. Merry Christmas. <laughs> our, our present to you, dear listeners, is we are back to talk more about gremlins.
1: Yes, well, hopefully it's a present, unlike the, the previous two years. Uh, so yeah, God, on that note, uh, jump in, uh, tell us, tell us, uh, give us that plot summary, I guess.
0: All right. So here's the plot summary. And you know, I kind of, I think I knew this plot going into the movie. Like <laughs> it's, it's just in the zeitgeist, but I'll do it anyway, which is a dad who is an inventor who is really bad at inventing, but makes <laughs> some really funny inventions, um, is simultaneously in New York to buy his son a Christmas gift as well as peddle his inventions to stores. Um, yes. He finds a a dingy, uh, like, antique shop, I guess, uh, run by a mysterious Chinese man with one good eye and one weird eye and a big bushy white beard. And within this store, he finds a mogwai, um, which is Cantonese for demon.
1: It's also worth pointing out that he tries to sell this dude, wait, to try and get him to stock his new invention. (laughs) Yeah the bathroom yeah. buddy which is just like if you look at the store and then you look at this dude's product it, like <laughs> no wonder he, no wonder he's struggling cuz his concept yeah. of target market is fucking terrible
0: yeah it's it's a swiss army knife for bathroom care it's got you know yeah. a, a pop out uh, toothbrush and a sh- razor blade and a, p- a piece of floss which is disgusting <laughs> <laughs> um anyway so the 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 guy who doesn't have a name is just known as grandfather in the movie um Yeah, clearly has some business sense because one he doesn't buy this bathroom buddy, and two he (laughs) refuses to sell the gremlin to to the dad. Uh, But then um, the the grandson kind of tricks the, basically steals it and sells it to him behind the grandfather's back, giving him three cryptic warnings, which are keep it away from bright light, don't get it wet, and definitely don't feed it after midnight, especially not the last one. Um, so the dad, the inventor dad, goes home gives the gremlin to his son for Christmas.
1: So it's still it's still a mogwai at this point. That's very important Sorry, yep. because they're cute. <laughs> it's a
0: mogwai. My, my mistake. Um, <laughs> this mogwai called Gizmo, which genuinely is probably about dog level in terms of cuteness and yeah. definitely above dog level in terms of, like, intelligence. It's a <laughs> yeah, great
1: pet. Everyone is way too casual about how intelligent the mogwai is. <laughs>
0: Yeah, like it, it can it basically says talk. things like yeah, it says like bright Lie when it sees a bright light, and and the main character of Billy is like yeah yeah bright light bright light, ignoring the fact that the Mogwai has just <laughs> clearly spoken to him and possesses a higher <laughs> level of intelligence. Um, yeah. Anyway, putting that aside, they all, <laughs> I, <laughs> let's get into this. I guess uh, we're going to j- interrupt the plot summary. Basically, yeah. he he breaks all the rules. Things go bad. The Mogwai uh called gizmo spawns off some clones which turn to evil gremlins and they
1: terrorize the town yeah well so it turns out water water makes them multiply and feeding them after yep. midnight is what transforms them into the actually evil gremlin yeah. things
0: that are basically like you know evil minions or kind of like meaner rabbits you know like little <laughs> creatures that are there to cause mischief and murder people i guess yeah so but let's interrupt this for a second to talk about how, we talked about how no one in the town notices that the, the Mogwai, that, that Gizmo, the Mogwai, is incredibly intelligent. Um, there's this neighborhood kid called Pete that comes over and, and Billy shows him Gizmo and Pete checks it out for a bit. It's like, yeah, yeah, cool. And then goes to read a comic book. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which is the scene before. Then I was like, "Why does no one care that this thing is so intelligent?" And then after that scene, I realised, "Oh, this movie is clearly making fun of these people." <laughs>
1: like, yeah, yeah. I think it's meant to be a bit of an indictment on like consumerist, the consumerist parts of Christmas.
0: Yeah, I think that becomes more obvious towards the end when uh, the the, uh, the the grandfather character comes back to reclaim Gizmo yeah. and basically gives a speech that says. That, that kind of has these t- overtones of the, the stereotypical Native American, like, we are one with land and you people aren't there yet. You're too focused on the yeah. economy and to worry about, like, the gifts that nature has provided us. That kind of stuff, you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, But <laughs> the f- the first half of this movie is just all these Christmas movie tropes. And it's, v- it's very fun. It's just, like, <laughs> a fun movie. It's a cute pet. It's just fun watching this whole kind of thing unfold, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, But the movie kind of takes a turn after uh, Gizmo gets wet and spawns, I think, five uh, other Mogwai. Yeah. And those Mogwai are just kind of dicks, you know? Even before (laughs) they become gremlins, they're dicks. They, like, tie up the the pet dog in Christmas lights and dangle it off off of, you know, dangle it in the air above the porch. Which is impressive um, given their size and weight. Yeah. And these are when they're mogwai. These are when they're theoretically nice, like or nicer. Well, yeah, n-
1: nicer, yeah.
0: Yeah. So I guess you can have good mogwai and bad mogwai. Which makes me think I wonder what Gizmo would be like if he turned into a gremlin. Like, would he be yeah. as evil as the other ones? Who knows?
1: It's a big question um,
0: of our time. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> philosophers have been wondering this phase. <laughs> uh, so but the thing I want to point out is we get the clones of the Mogwai, and that's when the movie changes, right? The first half of the movie is this kind of both a Christmas movie while kind of satirizing Christmas movies. Yeah. Uh, but the second half is, <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. It's bizarro. It's like, <laughs> it turns into this wacky, kind of like a slasher fic almost, you know, a uh, slasher
1: movie. Well, and it's constantly escalating yeah. in how weird it is, I think, is the best part. Yeah. Like, you, you keep thinking it's gotten as weird as it's going to get, and then the next scene will just be even more bizarre.
0: Yeah. I think it, it kind of blurs the line between children's Christmas movie and horror movie, I guess. Um, yeah. Especially scenes where, when the, the Mogwai first get fed after midnight, they enter this kind of cocoon state, where they're in these, like, pods. Um, and on the background is, uh, what's it called? The Pod People movie, the, the very famous one. It's very yeah. like hammering at home, like pe- things in pods are bad, get ready.
1: Yeah, <laughs> um, uh, I think it was, isn't it like Day of the Triffids or something that they're showing in the background? No, no. Or is that at it, a different point? Uh, I
0: can't remember the name of the movie, but it's the one where all the humans get replaced by pod people that are evil. Um, anyway, we're going off on a tangent. The, the point <laughs> I want to make is this movie is divided into two very clear halves, which have a, a different tone. And yeah. I really liked the first half, and I only thought the second half was okay or or pretty good. Okay. That's kind of my my thesis for this movie.
1: Yeah, I mean that's interesting because I probably would have gone the other way. I find the start a bit slow, but once it gets into bizarro, like the turning point for me in the movie is the scene we're about to get to, I think, in where the mum has to protect herself from the gremlins in the kitchen <laughs> and she goes on a fucking yes. murder spree.
0: Yeah, this is yeah, this is a great scene. Um <laughs> The 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 four there are four gremlins at his house and one has been kidnapped by a science not kidnapped given to a science teacher to study um, yes so the gremlins that are at the house they they wake up they break out of their eggs and they attack his mum trying to to kill her right um, yeah pretty and much. she like blends one in a blender she stabs one to death she microwaves one and it explodes and the last one escapes I think.
1: I mean, to be um, fair, when she first starts killing them, there's actually been not that much provocation on their part. She she actually kind of leaps straight to kill. She takes like one look at them and they're kind of being a bit of a nuisance, but she automatically yeah. jumps to, these things need to die. They are hideous though. <laughs> like <laughs> looking at them, they're
0: monsters. You can't, you can't yeah. say they're not monsters. Um, <laughs> and haven't you had an annoying pet that you just wished you had a reason to go off at? Uh, no. And, and it's interesting because I think another thing with the with the gremlins is their level of evil is very variable. Um, there's one scene where they mess with a, 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 like, what are they called? Like a stair master. One of the things that takes elderly people up the stairs. Um, yeah. They mess with it so that it goes super fast and flings an old lady out of her house through a window out onto the street from the second floor and kill her. Mm. And it's very, like... <laughs> this is like a murder, like, this is full on. Yeah. And then there's another scene where they, like, are just kind of being a nuisance in a bar, and <laughs> and uh, this character, Kate, is just serving them alcohol, and they're, like, <laughs> making a mess and eating food and playing pool and, like, breaking things. And it's like, oh, here they're just kind of nuisances. It's
1: Yeah, yeah. and shout-out to Kate. Like, talk about job dedication. Like, seriously. Yeah.
0: Why does she serve these things?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why is she still there? Um. um No, I I agree. It kind of feels like uh, the second half of the movie, they really took it, it was almost like a skit show type thing. Like, they had the concept of gremlins doing something, like, bad, and they just, like, they would write each scene, and and then it was just kind of this montage of of various bits.
0: Yeah, I think this is why I didn't like the second half as much, because you're right, the scene with the mum when she goes ham on these gremlins is great, but... (laughs) <laughs> this kind of thing, it, it kind of just goes on for a while where there's just a bunch of gremlins doing skits. <laughs> yeah. um, like, And it, it ends when they all sit in a theatre watching Snow White. And I would <laughs> criticise this movie for how bizarre the gremlins act, but it's clearly like taking joy in just having them do kind of... Miscellaneous things, right? It and definitely it feels
1: like they had the idea for the theater scene, and they're like, "What's the weirdest movie for the Gremlins to be falling in love with?" And then someone's <laughs> yeah. like, "Snow White," and they're like, "Yeah, perfect."
0: Yeah, and they all start singing along to "Hi Ho," which is yeah. great. And then um, Gizmo also just kind of in the background starts <laughs> yeah. singing along, which is nice.
1: That's right. When they like break um, into the cinema to start trying to burn yeah. it down to kill the Gremlins, and they're all just sort of talking, and Then like Gizmo's sort of sitting in his pocket, just singing along as well uh yeah. gizmo gizmo is so adorable in this film like he's just yes yeah he is very cute
0: and i think <laughs> that's that speaks to the high level of production that this movie has like if they're all yeah. puppets the the gremlins right they're all puppets yeah yeah and they're all just so realistic i mean you know it was made it came out in
1: 1984 yeah it's been a while since i watched an older horror movie and um mm. there are definitely a few moments there's a scene in the science lab when when the one there gets turned into a gremlin and and it's killing the science teacher yeah. and uh he it, it's sort of running around and it's this horror scene and and the version of the gremlin running around is just the camera moves around the room and various things rattle and mm. i was sort of like oh yeah i'd forgotten that before like cheap cgi this is what they had to do <laughs> in in scenes like this <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah i i think It's easy to kind of make fun of that stuff, but having never seen this movie before, it really did hold up. Like,
1: oh yeah, definitely. There was
0: nothing that looked too bad, I would say, and there were things where I was like, "Shit, man, this just looks great." Like, (laughs) Gizmo was beautiful, um, and the Gremlins were so grotesque. Yeah,
1: they use liquid really well as a practical (laughs) effect. Like, like the Gremlins are really greasy looking, and it's very off putting. Yeah,
0: (laughs) they're real slimy which uh, fits <laughs> yeah. their characteristics um yeah it's it's very the production on this movie is like incredibly good and and i was reading a bit about it and it's like you know they have to build these sets so that puppeteers can be like crawling around underneath them to move <laughs> these gremlins um, yeah yeah good good level of production quality that that is why this movie in my mind is known as a bit of a classic right like it's yeah. a movie that does a lot of things well in regards to this plot and its writing but a lot of movies could do that, I think. I think this movie nails the effects for the time, and that's yeah. why it's just so killer, you know?
1: No, I, I'd agree. Like, I think the only point I really felt like the movie was outdated were those scenes where the horror was just from random things rattling. And, and, that, <laughs> yeah. and that that yeah, was yeah, just totally. com- that was just commonplace at the time. Like, it's really just CGI <laughs> yeah. has replaced that. Um, but, yeah, no, apart from that, like, all the effects, you know, didn't bother me at all.
0: Yeah. Um... Yeah, even my criticism about how the movie kind of just becomes a bit of a montage, it has its moments. Like, there's one part where one of the gremlins just pulls out a gun and puts on, like, a ski mask and starts shooting at at Kate, the the lady we mentioned was working (laughs) at the bar. And it's just like, all right, whatever. Or there's scenes where, like, one of them's, like, smoking and they're they're (laughs) kind of, like, playing cards or whatever. It's very... It is just, I think, describing it as a set of skits is <laughs> is very on point. Um, yeah, I want to touch on one other thing, which was a scene that I just found so funny and it's so grim. So Kate, throughout the movie, yeah, is this sorry, she's is the this, love interest? It, I'm just weird. gonna
1: pick it. Is this the scene where Kate talks about like what Christmas means to her yeah. or whatever?
0: Yeah, yeah. So she's been talking about how she's like hates Christmas, right? yeah and Billy finds this weird because he loves Christmas because he's an all american boy <laughs> yeah. um and you know she hates Christmas, and then later on she explains why she hates Christmas, and it's because <laughs> sorry, I need to lead into it a bit more she th- all the gremlin stuff is happening, and she says something like, Well, well, now this is the uh now well, now this is my worst christmas or whatever and and Billy was like, Oh, what was your other worst Christmas And she tells the story of how her dad died on Christmas. He went missing, and then two days later, she went to light a fire and smelled something dead, and so called a, a pest control person, who came and found her dad's dead body in the <laughs> chimney, yeah, yeah. with a Santa suit on, delivering her presents, and he had slipped and broke his neck and died in the chimney. And then she finishes it off by saying, and that's how I found out Santa wasn't really <laughs>
1: And I felt so bad for laughing. It's the <laughs> yeah, most no, I I remember. Ridiculously sad story. I I had the same reaction because it's just such a ridiculously dark story in what's otherwise a fairly light movie that it jumps out because it's just uh, it's the same one. Like like I felt really bad, but th- there's that other scene where she just talks about how like some kids are upset at Christmas or whatever, but like the homeless people are cutting themselves.
0: Yeah. And, and and that one jumped oh out God. to me as
1: well. It's just like, wait, what the hell? Like, cause that, that and that part really jumps out at you because it's still mostly in the kids section of the movie. So it's kind yeah. of still a yeah. mostly happy, go lucky Christmas movie. And then she just starts talking about people cutting themselves. And it's a bit of a like, "What? wait, what the fuck moment? And, like, and Billy, Billy doesn't really react to it either. He's kind of no, like, yeah. oh, you
0: don't like Christmas? And just kind of moves on the conversation. <laughs> and the same thing happens with her dad dying. He says something like, oh, that's rough. And then the scene changes and they just never, it's <laughs> not brought up again. It, I found that very, very funny. Um, and that's what. Another moment which just kind of reinforced this movie is just making fun of all these <laughs> tropes. And I, it's it's very endearing. <sighs> yeah. Good Christmas recommendation. What a Christmas movie. I love it. Yeah. Um I, I think that's all I have to say about it.
1: I think the only other thing the only other thing I forgot to bring up last time, which I guess if if there are people out there who are thinking about re-watching this movie uh because they listen to this. Uh it's re- it's a really good idea. Turn it into a drinking game and drink every time mm. someone says the word neat. <laughs> <laughs> you will Ooh. have a very good time.
0: Yeah. Um I want to touch on one other thing actually, which is the music for this movie. Oh yeah, yeah. Some of the songs in this movie are really good, and some of them I feel like are just meant to be bad. I don't know <laughs> or not bad, but like so strange. Um so, Bill- Billy works at the bank, and there's this lady who is introduced as a kind of villainous character called Mrs. Deagle, and she's, like, the, the bank manager or the wife of the bank manager. It's not super clear, um, but she yes. has it out for him. Yeah. And she- the song, when she's introduced, is this weird like plodding grotesque song that's got like a tuba playing weird out of character out of harmony notes that sounds it's... like it's out of like banjo kazooie or earthbound <laughs> it's so bizarre it's very um, over the top yeah yeah I-, I guess that is what describes this movie you know it's it's over the top yeah and it's meant to be so it's fine <laughs> but it's just yeah i don't know sometimes it works on you and sometimes i think it gets a little bit uh grating
1: yeah no i get that um yeah, and,
0: uh, but I did like it. I did enjoy watching it because it's just got so many moments that just make you laugh out loud. And not just the the, the deconstruction of the tropes. There's things like the dad's terrible inventions that whenever they show up, they're just so fun to watch go badly. Like his um, terrible
1: orange juice maker and, and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, and there's a chicken
0: that, that is meant to be an egg cracker, an automatic egg cracker. That's right. But it just breaks all the eggs at once <laughs> and there's like shards of shell go flying.
1: Yeah. Well, that's um, great because that's not even like that's not a huge problem. Like that's not something that keeps people up at night, really. That's not a problem that needs solving. Yeah. It's just yeah. <laughs> cracking eggs yeah. is, is
0: not a difficult Yeah, thing, his inventions really. are horrible. Or there's one <laughs> there's one that isn't really touched on, but the dad gets home and says to his wife, Oh, dim the lights. And she takes out a remote and extends like a Meters long antenna and points at the light and presses the oh, yeah. button and then the light dims. And I'm like, it's not touched on, it just kind of happens in the background. But I thought, it's such a pointless invention. Yeah. <laughs> All she's, she had to unwind this huge remote instead of just walking over to the light to dim it. Um, yeah. Yeah, there are a lot of really good, like, written jokes in this movie that, that worked on me. Um, but the second part of it, the second half of it, I think dragged on a bit too much. And so I would sum that up as giving this movie a six out of 10.
1: All right. Well, I mean, I'm pretty sure that's a massive PB for the Christmas episode. So, <laughs> what if I'll the other ones been? So
0: there was the Star Wars holiday special, and then uh, there was Rudolph the reindeer, and that's uh, it. Robbie, right? Robbie the reindeer. Robbie yeah, yeah. the reindeer. Sorry.
1: Yeah, this is the yeah. this is the finale of the grand trilogy of uh, of Elliot uh, Christmas. <laughs> yeah, recommendations. everyone thinks of
0: those three as the three classic Christmas <laughs> movies. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> uh. So I'm bringing a bit of a a weird one uh to you this this fortnight elliot yeah um it's a musical it's a new type of musical in fact the new york times called it the future of podcasting uh it's kind of the only one of its kind as far as i know at least the only successful one of its kind it's called 36 questions and it's a audiobook musical a, a purely audio musical told over three podcast episodes, basically.
1: Okay, so like Dr. Horrible, but in audio form.
0: Yeah, well, like a musical, but, <laughs>
1: but in audio form.
0: I mean, Dr. <laughs> Horrible was episodic, I guess.
1: Um, yeah, it was, it was released in three parts, is sort of the connection that my brain oh, I see. So
0: I forgot that Dr. Horrible was three parts. But yeah, you're right. It's like the Dr. Horrible of podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, it's interesting. The reason I wanted to bring it up was, one, because it's an interesting format. You know, it's... it's yeah. Musicals are kind of great because they're they're produced and they're showy, but this is a very kind of different type of musical because it has to be intimate and, like, meticulously planned and sound designed and stuff like that, because there's no, yeah. you know, there's no narration, there's no stage directions.
1: No, exactly. Like, choreography is generally a pretty big part of musicals. Yeah. Well, not this one. Um, in this <laughs> one,
0: sound design replaces it. Um, Okay. It's interesting. It's it's a very interesting framing, but of course I wouldn't bring it up to recommend if it wasn't a good musical. Um, it's sure. got an, it's because it's more because it's more methodically pl- uh, paced. I would say it's it can be more of a kind of character focus than a traditional musical. Um, yeah, sure. It's fun. It's humorous. It's sometimes ridiculous, but it is two characters, just two characters, interacting with each other through conversations for the entire thing. And so it's all—it's oh, okay. all plot development. It's all character development. Um, yeah, I, I'm pretty
1: interested. I'm, I'm keen to check it out. Yeah,
0: well, it's free to check out. It's a podcast, so it's very easy to, to find, <laughs> which is good because the next thing I have to recommend you is going to be a nightmare for anybody to find. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I've got an easier one out of the way now. Um, I want to bring up—you know—I I listen to to pod, uh, to musicals like soundtracks quite a lot. Yeah. I re-listened to to the Thirty Six Questions soundtrack in preparation for this. There are thirteen songs in there. I'd, I'd say 11 of them are incredible, like, excellent, yep. and two of them are good. And that's okay. a pretty good... Yeah, that's, right? that's that's I a like, good ratio. Yeah. A lot of times, musicals will have the song that you skip or stuff like that. And yeah. I, I can't really say that for this. Like, there are just a lot of great songs. Um, and it's by two people who've never made a musical before. <laughs> <laughs> it's got Jonathan Groff as one of the voice lines who was, you know, in... in uh, he was, like, the king... Um, he was in frozen uh so he's he's got some musical talent, but the two the two writers you know have never done musicals before this um oh okay, but it's great, it really knocks it out of the park, cool, yeah, so I guess that's I guess that's that um yeah. go off and listen to thirty six questions It's only like two hours long across three forty minute parts, but I think you'll enjoy it um and we'll put a link to it in the in the show notes down below, I suppose it's nice when we can just link directly to the thing we're recommending
1: <laughs> yeah yeah.
0: It doesn't happen that often, but it's happening this time. Um, So you guys can all check out the link in the description to uh, listen to 36 questions along with us. Also linked in the description will be our website, which is mediamdpodcast.com, and you can go there to check out our Twitter and Facebook and interact with the show, or shoot us an email if you have comments on 36 questions or gremlins. And actually, when this goes out, we'll have started a new show, right, Elliot? I think that's how this scheduling works out. Yeah, we've started another podcast.
1: So it's wanna be out about um, a week after the other one starts, I think.
0: Yeah, cool. So head over to the new website and you can hear the first few episodes, I think, of Deep Impact. Yes. Which is a show where we'll be diving into Pact, a, a a web serial uh by the by the same person, Wildbow, who wrote Worm that we did on this podcast about a year and a half ago, I guess. And we mention uh, it all the time.
1: <laughs> yeah, closer to two years ago Worm came up, I think. Um yeah. right right back in about halfway through. Are uh, the first year's worth of stuff, and then we brought up Ward about a year later, just after it started. Yep. So yep. Now we're doing a whole. I podcast think we've talked about Pact. we've got
0: Worm on this podcast as well. Yep. Um. So yeah, go to our website MediaMDPodcast.com, and you can find Deep Impact and check it out. Hopefully, you'll enjoy it. Um. You can also find links to do all the contact form things I mentioned before, yep. discussion threads, etc., as well as all of the previous clues for the Media MD ARG. You can help us figure out just who is Dr. M.D. and why is his gift so cute. Elliot, why don't you tell the listeners this fortnight's clue. Tiara. tiara, And we will see you next Fortnite.